Welcome to Truth for Transformation with Timothy Brown. Timothy is the lead pastor of Arden First Baptist Church in Arden, North Carolina. Our mission is to lead ordinary people into extraordinary life in Christ. We pray that today's message inspires you to live an extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Check out our website for more inspiring resources, ardenfbc.com. Now, here's today's message from Pastor Timothy Brown. Good morning, church. How is everybody? I want to welcome you to Arden first. If you are visiting, we want to say welcome home. We are a place where you can belong, believe, and become. Our mission here is to lead ordinary people into extraordinary life in Christ. And, you know, before we meet Jesus, we're pretty ordinary. But whenever he encounters, we encounter him and we surrender to him, what happens is his spirit moves inside of us. And he adds the extra to your ordinary, making you extraordinary. Amen. If you are visiting, we want to give you the 321 challenge. And you're like, what is the 321 challenge? We, we encourage everyone, if you're searching for a church home, to give us three Sundays to try out this church, because it's hard to decide in your first week whether this is the right place for you. So try three Sundays, then visit two different Arden groups. What is an Arden group? An Arden group is any small group we have at the church. We have groups for men and women. We have groups for teenagers, 20-somethings, 30s and 40s, 50s and 60s. And I'm leading a group on Thursdays for 60s plus, but it is open for anyone that's off work on Thursdays at 10. So we're doing a series through the book of Psalms, so we invite you. It is, it is welcome for all ages. And then number one is have coffee with one leader at the church. We want to just hear your story, get to know you a little bit, and uh, just share a little bit about what God is doing in your life. I'd love to hear that. Uh, this week we have several things we're looking forward to. First of all, on Tuesday, what is Tuesday? Anybody know? Election Day. And while we don't endorse any candidate or political party... We encourage you to let your vote count. The only way to let your vote count is to vote, right? And as we teach you verse by verse, you have a biblical worldview. Use that biblical worldview in discerning uh, how God would would let you uh, who to vote for. And then on Friday, what is Friday? Veterans Day. So all of our veterans, please stand. And those who have family members who have served, we want to give you a rounding applause. Thank you for your service. Appreciate you guys. It means a lot. Well, let's open up in prayer as we prepare our hearts for the word. Father, we have sang to you uh, passionate songs about healing, deliverance. You are the chain breaker. You're the bondage breaker. You are God and we surrender to you. So, Father, right now, help there be a collective sense of the presence of your Holy Spirit. That for those in person, those listening online, that we would just, just feel at ease, that your spirit would just give us a sense of peace And God, we also acknowledge our sin before you. We are people who fall short of your glory on a regular basis, and we do pray for your forgiveness and renewal. God, we extend a prayer of healing for those in our congregation that are sick, as Amy mentioned, suffering with cancer and sickness, for those who struggle with depression, that you would just uplift them. God, for those who have bondages right now, for those who have sin struggles, that you would be the God who sets them free. So, Father, as we look into your word today, speak to our hearts. We pray your blessing will be upon your word as we read it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we finalize the final holy habit. How many of you have been challenged by this series so far? All right. How many of you felt like we've stepped on your toes, this series? All right. Yeah. So it's a lot of us. Well, I saved the hardest for last. Okay. 
Some of you are like, that giving challenge was hard, right? And Bible study, that was okay. And prayer, yeah. Fellowship, I get it. Ministry, okay. Or, or balancing the balloons. But this particular holy habit is something that's changed my life personally. So I'm excited to speak about it. Uh, this holy habit, after participating in it, I met my wife. That's kind of cool, right? We've been together for 14 years. Married 13, but dated, you know, a year before that. Um, this holy habit, I was called into ministry. Our church participated in it. Actually, Mark was there. So, I mean, Brad was there. I said, Mark, Brad, Brad, sorry. Um, and this particular holy habit, all five of her children have been set apart for the Lord. And we've seen God do miracles through this holy habit. Uh, in fact, one of her members here could not conceive and got pregnant because of this. What holy habit am I talking about? Fasting. Now, when I say fasting, some of you are like, oh, I wish I'd have read the memo because I wouldn't have come today. All right. But here's the thing. Fasting is something very few people enjoy doing. But when you do partake in this holy habit, there's untold spiritual breakthroughs. And I believe there's miracles on the way. I believe there's healings on the way. I believe God is going to do things that would blow us away. And it's released through fasting. Now, before we jump into the scripture, I just want to make one clear statement that God is the one who does the blessing. It's not fasting in and of itself. It's God is the one who heals, delivers, breaks through. But the way God works is it's through relationship. So a grace gift is not something you earn or deserve. So fasting is not like some spiritual work that you do that gets God's attention and he's just going to bless. No, fasting is me getting in alignment with God. It's me getting a place to receive his blessings. I don't earn or deserve his blessing. But because of these holy habits, it helps me seek the face of God. It helps me seek after him. And scripture is clear that God rewards those who seek him. That whenever we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things are given to us. That God rewards passionate pursuers of him. So this is a holy habit that I want to challenge us all with. So today we're going to talk about the spiritual discipline of fasting. So go ahead and turn to Isaiah 58. That's going to be our first scripture. And again, we want to welcome everyone here and welcome to those listening online. So Isaiah 58, a little background before we jump into verse 6. Isaiah talks about what the Lord says about fasting that does not please him. And basically, verses 1 through 5, he's saying doing as a religious motion doesn't get God's attention. Basically, fasting should line up with your lifestyle. So if you're oppressing people, you think fasting is going to get God's attention. It's not. If you're not living the Christian lifestyle and all of a sudden fasting is going to get God to notice, it, that's, that's kind of a religious exercise. It's kind of like certain people that we love and we welcome, but they come to church on Christmas and Easter and almost it's off their checklist, right? I got God off my back. You know, it's not, that's not really what gets God's attention. He wants you. He wants your heart. So Isaiah 58 and verse 6, he tells us what does please God in fasting. He says, no, this kind of fasting is not the fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly in prison. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. So he's saying, listen, if you want to fast, 
It's like it's a byproduct. And because you're, you're giving up something, you're going to replace it with something else. So instead of eating your meal, now you're giving your meal to the, the homeless. Instead of having this time focused on yourself, you're now focused on helping your neighbor and helping your relatives and so on. And then verse 8, there's the word then. Someone say then. Then is kind of like a consequential, consequential word. Like if you do this, this is God's response. Then your salvation will come like the dawn. And keep in mind, Old Testament salvation is not just from sin. It's deliverance. It's rescue. If you are in chains, salvation is being set free from chains. If you're in addiction, salvation is being set free. So it's not just the New Testament understanding of salvation. It's deliverance. And it says your wounds will heal quickly. The idea of wounds is when you're physically sick and you're fasting for a time that God would heal you. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then, someone say then. So another consequential. Then you will call like you're praying and the Lord will answer. Yes, I'm here. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry. Help those in trouble. Then, someone say then. Then your light will shine out from the darkness. And the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually. Giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden. Like an ever-flowing Spring, some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as the rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. May God bless his word. So here's the idea of fasting. What is fasting? How would you define it? Fasting is giving up of food so that you can replace it to seek God. Now, some of us do intermittent fasting. I may have ever done that for physical health, like you're doing it to lose weight. That's good, but that's not what we're talking about. Some of you have given up certain things as a diet. That's good, but that's not fasting. Fasting is when you say, I'm not going to eat or I'm not going to do, you fill in the blank. So instead of, I can seek God. Because here's the reality. If you don't have self-control, your life will be out of control. If you don't have self-control, you're going to try to control everybody else. You'll try to control your spouse. Don't hit the person next to you. You'll try to control your kids. You'll try to control those you work with. You'll try to control your leaders at church. If you don't have self-control, you're out of control. What fasting does is fasting denies yourself so that you can say no to self and yes to God. Fasting allows you to get out of the way and get in alignment with God. One of the things I did not realize in this study of fasting that was kind of a new insight for me is Fasting actually humbles you in such a way that it aligns you to receive God's blessing because pride is the thing that keeps you from God's blessing. God says he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So something that just was really like an insight for me is that when I fast biblically, what I'm doing is I'm humbling myself before the Lord. And whenever I humble myself before the Lord, the Bible says he will lift you up and he'll give you honor. So the main purpose of fasting, the why behind the what, is to draw closer to God. It's not to get the physical breakthrough. It's not to get the healing. It's not to get the answer to prayer. Those are byproducts. The main reason for fasting is to draw closer to God. 
And the Bible says that if you draw closer to God, what will he do? He will draw closer to you. So if you go back to verse 6, fasting breaks the chains of bondage. Who here knows somebody that's in bondage? Maybe a bondage to a sin, a hang-up, an addiction. They're in the chains of just feeling down and out. Fasting in verse 6 says it sets free those who have been wrongly imprisoned. It lightens the load of burden from others. It sets free the oppressed. It removes the chains that bind people. And it is talking about people in prison, but it has an application to any chains that bind you. Jesus came to set us free so we wouldn't have to live in bondage. In verse 7, fasting encourages to put others ahead of ourselves. Notice to provide food for the hungry, shelter for the homeless, clothes for the needy, to provide for your relatives who need help. And one of the verses that haunt so many of us is Matthew 25. It says in the last days, Jesus said, during the time of judgment, he says, I was naked and you what? You clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And then the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to the least of these my brethren, you what? You did it to me. So the idea of fasting is not just giving up a meal. It's denying myself so I can not only focus on God, but I can help out others. It's like I'm going to help out instead of using this money to buy me a meal, I'm going to donate this money to ABCCM, for an example. Instead of me just giving up a meal, I'm replacing it with helping others. I'm replacing this time with focus on God and putting others ahead of myself. That's what fasting does. In verse eight, we see fasting releases needed breakthrough in your personal life. Look at verse eight. It says, then your salvation will come like the dawn. Your wounds will quickly heal. Godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here will be his reply. So here's the idea. Deliverance comes through fasting. There are certain things that you're praying for and you're like, God, when are you going to answer? And all of a sudden deliverance happens. It reminds me of Queen Esther. You guys remember the Queen Esther that they had basically a guy named Haman had basically said, we want to kill the Jews. All right. He tricked the king. And all of a sudden there was this edict that on a certain date, all the Jews would be killed. And Queen Esther went through a fast, right? Her and her people fasted. And the byproduct of the fast, what did God do? He delivered the Jewish people. He delivered them. And we know that Jesus came out of the Jewish line. So here's the thing. Fasting brought deliverance for the people. And we see that healing is promoted through fasting. I love how it talks about your wounds in the scripture. Your wounds will quickly heal. You can just simply do a Google search. And science is actually catching up with the Bible. The Bible predicted this even before science discovered it. But these are some from medical research. So you can Google on your own. I'm not a medical doctor, but this is what the medical people say. Not a Christian site, but medical. Fasting promotes blood sugar control. For those of you who struggle with insulin, it's been medically proven that fasting can have a help here. Fasting promotes better health by tightening inflammation. Some of you, your bodies are, have inflammation struggles. Fasting has been medically proven in many cases to reduce this. 
It improves, improves blood pressure, which affects your what health, your heart health, right? Um, fasting aids weight loss. We know that um, it increases growth hormone, HGH, which is muscle strength. Now, what's interesting is I look at the book of Daniel, how he did a vegetable fast. And one of the re- results, they were surprised that Daniel looked physically better than all the other boys, right? All the other young men. And I was like, well, the medical science growth hormone, which improves strength. And for some of us, this may be a benefit. Fasting improves cognitive performance. Have you ever noticed that when you get past 20, your cognitive performance can slow down? Anybody there? Did you know that fasting actually can help that? And there's so many stories about the physical benefits of fasting that science is actually verifying what the Bible says. Now, this is not a 100% promise. If you fast, you'll be healed from this or that. The, the scripture's not saying that. It's just saying that it puts you in alignment that it can begin the process of. So here's what I like to tell people. A lot of people push back and say, why? I fasted for somebody and they died, right? I fasted for another Christian and they died. Well, let me ask you a question. If a Christian dies, is that, a, is, that, is that healing or is that not? Right? It's the ultimate healing. So here's the good news about healing. If you're a Christian and you pray for healing, God always says yes. It's just a matter of when. So even if you are not healed till 100 years later when you die, that's ultimate healing. So as a believer, I, I, I'm kind of like a spirit-filled pastor. I believe in all the healing that God's going to do. I believe he can and will. It's just his timing. It's not always when we want it. So sometimes it's good if you're physically sick to fast and say, God, I need a breakthrough. I need you to heal. And guess what? God can do it. It's just a matter of his timing. So we see physical healing. We see divine protection. We see long answered, long awaited answers to prayer happening. In the book of Daniel, he was praying and we have a scripture on your listening guide on the screen. This is Daniel chapter 10. He was praying for something. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come and answered to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the king of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the king of Persia. Now I'm here to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. So here's the reality. Sometimes when you pray, God answers it. But have you ever noticed some of your prayer requests take a long time to get answered? You ever you ever noticed that? And here's the thing about fasting. Whenever you fast in the physical realm, it seems slow. You ever notice your, your stomach's growling? Time seems like if you fast for a day, it feels like 10 days. If you fast for 10 days, it seems like a month, right? In the physical, it goes slow. But in the spirit, whenever you fast, it makes things go faster. Whenever you need an answer to prayer and it seems slow, if you fast, often the answers come faster. To demonstrate that, I'm going to ask Lincoln to come up here. And I have a little tool here. Lincoln, everyone say hello, Lincoln. All right, Lincoln, you can't have the axe, but I'm going to give you the hammer here. You're not going to use the axe. Some of you are wondering why we have an axe on the stage. So, Lincoln, how old are you? You're six years old. All right. We're going to try to break this board. Let's see if you can do it. One more time. All right. Does that hurt? 
All right, Daddy's going to try to break the board. You guys ready? Ah! Oh, didn't work. All right. I think we need to get a better tool. Let's try the hammer. All right, try again. Go one more time. All right. So here's the thing. Lincoln, whenever we pray, sometimes it's like we're, we're knocking away. I could eventually break this, but it'd take a while, right? Prayer is powerful, but there are certain things that only come by prayer and fasting. Now, so how many of you have taken karate and you could break this board? Of course, ocean could do it, right? But I can't, I can't do it. I haven't taken karate since I was like really young. So I would embarrass myself. So sometimes self-effort, we try and we have minimal results, right? Self-effort produces nothing of eternal value. All right, you, you can... You can kick it. All right, good job. Let's give Lincoln a hand. Yes. All right. So self-effort produces minimal. And then if I pray, you know, we did a whole message on prayer, ask, seek, and knock. It has power, but some things just take a long time from a human perspective, right? God's timing's perfect. He's always on time. For us, it's like, God, I've been praying 10 years for this. But when you fast, it tends to sharpen things. When you fast, it's like this that you've been praying for a long time. You begin to say, you know what? I'm going to pray and I'm going to focus and I'm going to pray and I'm going to trust God will do what only he can do. And by the way, this is Operation Christmas Child. Be sure to get your box. We had it underneath just in case we didn't want to mess up our floor. But, you know, you think about it. The hammer, how many of you think I could have eventually broke it with a hammer? But we, we would have been here for a while, right? Prayer is powerful and effective. But there are some things that only come through fasting. So remember the paradox of the word fasting. Whenever you fast in the physical, things slow down. But when you need an answer to prayer quickly, when you fast, things go faster. So that's, that's part of the why. But notice also the scripture There's help for others that come through fasting. You're helping out the poor, the needy, the homeless. Radiance is illuminating through fasting. If you go back down to verse number 11 or 10, it says, then your light will shine out from the darkness. Throughout all of scripture, Jesus said, you're to be like a city set on the hill. You're to be like a radiant light. The church is to be this bride that shines out brightly. But sometimes... We're not shining. Sometimes we're not glowing. And the reason why is we've got to get in alignment with the Lord. You know, one of the one of the greatest mysteries of the world is the moon. Have you ever noticed how bright the moon is? But all of us know the moon doesn't shine. It does what? It reflects. You know, I'm not a scientist, but from my small understanding, the moon is like a big ball of dirt that's suspended in sky. I can't explain it. Some of you can better than I can. But what makes the moon glow is it's in alignment with the sun. And it's kind of an illustration we could take for ourselves. We are made of dirt, right? Don't call me a dirt bag. I'm not. I'm just made of dirt. We are made of dirt. We are fallen. God redeems and restores us. But if we get in alignment, not with the, the S-U-N, but the S-O-N, what happens? We begin to shine. We don't have any inherent light in ourselves. It's the Lord who's the light. So when you see certain Christians and their face glows, just remember, we're, we're dirt. 
We've been restored and redeemed and we happen to align with the sun. And that's the idea of that. All of a sudden, the light around you will shine out of the darkness. Amen. That's, that's such a picture. Personal vitality is restored through fasting and restoration is started through fasting. So here's, here's the bottom line. If you look on your scripture listening guide, if you desire to draw closer to God, try what? Try fasting. If you really want to draw closer to him, the Bible says, if you seek me, you shall seek me when you seek me with your whole heart. So fasting is something that it kind of grabs the attention of heaven that, listen, I'm in alignment with God. I am focused like this axe getting ready to cut this piece of wood. I am dead focused. So whenever you need God to move on your behalf, declare a holy fast. God, this is why. All right. So we answered the why. Now's the when. When should I fast? And the reason why the when's important is sometimes we fast at times and maybe God hasn't called us to fast. And then we find ourselves like Isaiah 58, 1 through 5, we're just going through the motions religious, right? How many of you grew up in a denomination where you fasted on Fridays? Did that really help you any? Some of you may, may not. But here's the idea, is that I don't fast as a religious exercise. I fast because I'm focused on God. I fast not because I have to, but because I get to and I'm called to do so. And Jesus gives us this when to fast from the book of, it's from the book of Luke. If you look in Luke chapter five, they said to Jesus, why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise, those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. So Jesus, why is everyone fasting but your disciples? And then he says, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast in those days. So in other words, fasting is a time of special focus on the Lord. You want to fast when you want to focus on the Lord. You want to fast when you need a breakthrough. You want to fast when you need to answer to prayer quickly. Like you've asked, seek, knock, there's no response, but I'm fasting. But Jesus gives this example. When you're at a wedding, it's probably not a good time to fast, right? So if you have a wedding plan, don't plan a fast the day of the wedding. Because people are like, hey, why aren't you eating? Oh, you don't know what to say, right? But he said, when I'm taking away into heaven, guess what that means? He said, in those days when I'm taking away, the disciples will fast then. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus in heaven? Answer is yes. Are you fasting? Jesus said, whenever I go to heaven, my disciples, my followers will fast. Ouch, it's quiet. Crickets in church. So here's the idea. Jesus said that we would fast. Why did he say that? Because Jesus knew fasting unlocks untold powers, untold spiritual healing. Like there is a spiritual power after you fast. And we're going to give some examples in a a little bit that, yeah, you don't like doing it. But when you do it, there's so many breakthroughs that take place. When you fast, God's going to do something that just will blow your mind. So an example is Saul. In the New Testament, Saul was a man that was on a murderous bent to kill the church. He wanted to put out the the spirit's flame. But guess what? You can't fight against God. So he ran into Jesus on the road to Damascus. You guys remember the bright light? It blinded his eyes. And does anybody know what he did after he got blinded? He fasted for three days. And at the end of his fast, I want you to get this 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 amazing example from Saul that the Bible gives us is that he was blind, 
After three days, he physically regained his sight. It was a supernatural healing on his eyes. And then he was confirmed and baptized. Like, I believe Saul got saved on the road to Damascus, but then he needed Ananias to kind of lead him and guide him. And he got baptized. And then he entered into his ministry right after that. Think about that. He went from getting ready to persecute the church and was trying to kill Christians to now he's on the Christian side. And it was after a three-day fast. I mean, think about the power of that. So some of us need kind of visuals to understand, like, why you saw the acts, but have you ever felt like in life sometimes you finish last place? You ever feel like you didn't get the genetic lottery that some of your other friends did? You're like, that's not fair that, you know, some of you didn't get financially blessed like others. And, you, you know, you, you think like I, life's just not fair and it's not. So I'm going to play a short little clip and just to set it up. This was a car race. How many of you love cars? Any car fanatics? All right. Any women love cars? Yes, two. Good. So for the men and women that love cars, this is an old Jaguar. I'm not going to play the full video. It got last place. It's a beat up Jaguar, got last place. It's against all these muscle cars. And they're going to do something to the Jaguar to see if it can change its trajectory in racing. So we're going to play this short clip. All right, so what was the difference? Nitrous, right? Here's what fasting does. Fasting is kind of like the nitrous to your spiritual engine. Like you may seem like things are going slow right now. You may feel like you're not where you need to be spiritually. And what fasting does, biblical fasting that we're talking about, it's like adding, adding the nitrous to your, your spiritual life that all of a sudden you're like, man, I am, I am going places I never thought I'd go. I'm going at speeds I never thought were possible. So that's part of fasting. Now, it brings up the question, okay? We talked about why, we talked about when, but how should I fast? Jesus answers this question in Matthew 6. In Matthew 6, he says, and when you fast, notice it's when, it's not if. Jesus assumes that his disciples, after he gets called to heaven, after he sends back to the Father, they will fast. Don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for fasting. He says, I tell you the truth, that the only, this is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, someone say, when you fast. All right, comb your hair, wash your face. Then no one notice that you're fasting. And except your father. And he knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will what? Will reward you. So here's the thing. We, we understand the why. We understand 
the when, when the Spirit leads you, but then this is how. Don't fast in a way that makes it obvious because the idea is you're either going to get a reward from God or from people that admire your spiritual walk. Who do you think is going to reward you more greatly, God or somebody else? So here's the exception cause. If you're fasting as a church and a group, you can encourage each other, motivate, because you're all fasting. What Jesus is referring to is outsiders looking in that you're trying to look at me. Uh, it's like the person praying on the street corners, like public, look at me, look at my prayer. So the idea is you, you fast in secret. And when you fast in secret, God rewards you openly. So that's part of fasting. And the greatest example of fasting is the Lord Jesus himself. How many days did he fast for? Forty days. And whenever he fasted after 40 days, all of a sudden Jesus enters into his public ministry for three and a half years. So whenever he was baptized, he received the power. The dove came, the Holy Spirit came. He had the power of the Holy Spirit. And in that power, he fasted for 40 days. And after that, he walked out into his ministry. So here's the thing. There are certain things in your calling that are released when you fast. So I encourage you to think through your life. Some of you may be turning the big 4-0. Would God want you to fast to, to submit the next decade? Some of you may be turning 50 or just turn 60 or 70 or 80. I'm not saying you do 80-day fast when you turn 80. But what I'm saying is every decade has significance in your life. And what would it look like for those of you who are turning 60? Like, God, I'm going to give a week to you next year just to say I dedicate the next decade to you. Like, I want to get so focused that whatever obstacle you place in front of me, it gets chopped in half. So remember that when you fast, things will go slow in the physical realm. But in the spiritual realm, things will go quick. Things will go fast when you fast. All right, let's throw some action steps up on the screen here. How, how should we respond to this message Look on your listening guide for the action steps. I think the first action step is ask the Holy Spirit. Are you leading me to a fast? Because I said, I don't want anyone to fast just because you see the benefits. I want you to do it because the Holy Spirit's leading you. A spirit-led fast leads to spirit-led breakthroughs. We don't want to do anything just out of religiosity. That's not what pleases God. And number two is plan out your next fast. After you've prayed about it, plan it out. And I'll help you with the plan. The church, we're going to do a 10-day fast in January. And for those of you who are like, oh, no, I don't know. Listen, even if you fast one meal, you can take part in it. Some of you may not be able to fast 10 days, but can you fast one meal? How many of you think you could fast one meal? Everybody in here. So we want 100% involvement, obviously, unless the Lord tells you otherwise. But this is going to be a called holy fast for the church. Because here's what happens when a church fasts together We see things happen quickly in the spiritual realm. We see breakthroughs. We see marriages restored. We see us begin to reach the community like never before. Whenever you you fast collectively, you see God just do amazing things. And also the third action step is pick out a Bible reading plan. You can begin this now. If you go on the YouVersion Bible app, if if you have a smartphone, you can look under my church, type in Arden First Baptist, And you can become a friend. And we have a two-year through the Bible plan that you can read together with us. Not too late to jump in. And you get to see each other's comments. Because these holy habits, when you look at them, when you look at prayer 
and Bible study and ministry and generous giving, when you, when you look at worship, when you look at fasting, when you look at all seven, when you add them together, it's the idea that God wants to, you to draw close to him. And the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six what we started with, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone who believes God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of what? Those who earnestly seek him. So as I mentioned at the beginning of remarks, fasting is not something you do just out of spiritual activity just to get the attention of God. The main purpose of fasting is seeking the face of God. And the main byproduct is you humble yourself. And as you humble yourself... You put yourself in alignment to receive all the blessings that God has for you. Because the number one enemy of receiving God's blessings is pride. And whenever you fast biblically, you're humbling yourself. You're getting yourself out of the way so God can begin to pour out his blessings on your life. How many of you are ready for a fast next year? So put on your calendars the second week in January. More details to come. We're setting you guys up in advance so you can get your mind. All right, Thanksgiving meal, okay. I put on two pounds. Christmas meal, I put on three pounds. All right, now I'm ready to put the holiday fun festivities aside and in the beginning of the year dedicate my first few days to the Lord so he can bless the rest of 2023. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we've had a lot of fun in church. We thank you that we've sang to you and we've focused on you. And God, we just acknowledge, as I mentioned in the message, that we are made in your image out of the dust. And we realize that we don't have a lot of shine unless, like the moon, we get in alignment with you. So, Father, my prayer for all the believers is that we would get ourselves out of the way. That we would have the fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control. And part of this fasting spiritual holy habit is denying ourselves so we can get ourself under control and to give Christ control. So I want to pray for all the believers as you're praying. I just want you to say, God, what would you have me to do? Holy Spirit, would you have me to fast? Do I need to fast before January? Is there something in my life that you want me to give up a meal this next week? Is there something for a family member that needs a breakthrough? Just go ahead and ask. He'll lead you with that. As the believers continue to pray, there may be one here today that, you know what, this whole Jesus thing is is kind of, it sounds good, but you've never really received it. You never received Christ into your life. Yeah, you believe in God, but you've never received him. The Bible says that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you want to receive what Jesus did on the cross, he died on the cross, he was buried, he rose the third day. If you want to receive forgiveness of your sins, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Dear Father, I believe that Jesus died for me and he rose again. And right now, I invite Jesus into my life. Go ahead and say, Jesus, come into my life. I pray that you would save me. I pray that you would forgive me and take away all my sins. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. And from this day forward, I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers. I pray that you would unlock and release all the spiritual blessings for each person in this room, those listening online. And Lord, help us to seek you more today than we did yesterday and more tomorrow than we did today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, 
Amen.